Vancouver. Pre-game, post-game, every game presented by Bodog from Sports Odds to free casino games. Make a play at Bodog.net. Wadden and J-Pat here with another edition of the post-game show here. Because, yes, this is very much a post-game pod, J-Pat. Canada winning at the Worlds, but we're going to start with Latvia because it's an arty party going down in Riga right now. They upset Sweden 3-1. They're headed to the semifinals, the first time they're ever going to play for a medal. And Arthur Seeloff's J-Pat, although robbed of player of the game for Latvia, was outstanding in the win. Yeah, and really has become one of the stories of this world championship. And, you know, I, I guess I kind of latched onto him last weekend. I mean, I was keeping an eye on him, but, you know, he, he started as the backup. We've established this. He came on in that opener against Canada and hasn't looked back. Has played every minute for Latvia since. But last weekend had a shutout and it was against Kazakhstan. And you're kind of going like, I'm right, whatever. But like when you look at the body of work now for Arthur Silovs, he made 40 saves against yeah. Sweden. Like they were massive underdogs, but they had the home crowd advantage in Riga. And, you know, one, one to the third period, the Swedes scored a, a goal that was called back right away with a high stick and it was the right call. But, you know, if they get up two to one, I'm not sure that Latvia is coming back like they did the other day against Switzerland. And so they needed Artur Solovs to just keep making saves. Uh, Latvia was outshot 15 to six in the third period, 41 to 15 on the night. And Silovs gives up one goal. This guy has given up 10 goals on a six game win streak. 10 goals in the last six games of the world championship. And, you know, Switzerland was a tough opponent. The Swedes, yeah. good hockey club that had, you know, it's their eyes on a medal, certainly. Uh, won't happen for them now. And Arthur Chilovs in seven starts, because again, that first game, he didn't get the start, but he came and he played the bulk of it. But in the seven games that he has started this tournament, guy's been beaten 12 times. Wow. Like he is dialed in. And so, uh, it's just fun to watch him. It's fun to watch his teammates, that crowd, the crowd outside the building. You know, it, it, it gets real now. Not that it hasn't been real. I mean, they needed that point the other day against Switzerland, and they ended up winning in overtime. So pretty real there. But they no longer have home ice advantage. The way the tournament was staged, the two centers, uh, temporary Finland and Riga Latvia. And now the semifinals and the finals will be played in Finland. So Latvia's got to pack up. I'm sure some of the fans will make the track, but it won't be the same home ice advantage in that same building that uh, they have been the, the hometown team all through this tournament. But my God, the, the confidence level that Arthur Silovs has and that the lap, they just play hard. Like I've watched a bunch of their games now because I've sort of been in on Arthur Silovs and want to see how far he can push this thing. That Latvian team, like they just ball out. Like they, they play hard. And <laughs> it's a great term. And you're right though. You're absolutely right. The fans are absolutely amazing. The team is just fired up and they're, I mean, the, what I loved about it, it's scramble in the final minutes. Sweden's got their goalie pulled and you can just see Seelofs. Like he's like on his toes, like jumping up and down as he goes from, you know, down into the uh, to, down on the ice and then up, like he's just he's into it. That's the thing. Like he's loving this atmosphere. And if you're a Canucks fan, like I mean, that's playoff type hockey right there, right? And you're looking at it, going, "Look at this kid. He is embracing this moment right now." Uh, just a truly unbelievable story. We'll see what they can do against Canada. I mean, but hey, like you think Canada is a powerhouse in this tournament? Because I mean, I don't. I mean, they're they're a good team. Could Latvia beat them? I think they could. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, Canada smoked Latvia 6-0 in the sure. tournament opener. Yeah. 
How many? That was like eight weeks ago, though, with this. <laughs> it, it feels like that. I think there was a Christmas break in there or something. Uh, um, Canada came home, game. went on a team. Yeah, exactly. Went on a team <laughs> holiday. Um, you know, so Latvia and maybe look, maybe it was, you know, being too geeked up in front of your home fans, the tournament opener, uh, whatever the case. Uh, they weren't very good. They went up to the end. You know, Canada got the two goals in the five, first five, and that got the hook out, and that opened door for Silas. But Canada was clearly the better team then. So uh, I'm sure Latvia recognizes that. But again, Latvia went in as the underdogs against Switzerland, uh, underdogs against Sweden, and here they are still standing, getting a chance now. And they'll have two cracks at a medal because if they win, if they beat Canada, they're going to the gold medal game. If they lose to Canada, they'll still have a chance to play in the... Uh, in the bronze medal game. So there are two opportunities there. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes down. Friday's a full day off, and then they go Saturday semis and the gold medal game on Sunday. Now, a couple of things jumped to mind because this is a Canuck podcast. One is, uh, you know, it does make you wonder a little bit like, about Jeremy Colton and, and the decision he made in the AHL playoffs. And they left Silovs on the bench, and we're not going to go back and revisit that. But, like, you know, if Arthur Silovs was down in any way, if he... You know, it felt that his AHL season kind of finished on a low note because he was the backup. Uh, he has seized this opportunity and made the most of it. But again, I think when you don't win a playoff series, the coach opens himself to some questions. It, they didn't lose because of Spencer Martin, but I just, you know, you look at Silovs and you think, how? Like, how, how could you not have, you know, gone with Arthur Silovs um, instead of Spencer Martin at some point? And then I think, too, like, What's Spencer Martin thinking? Like, I, I would imagine that he's happy for Arthur Silas, but on some level, these guys are also in a battle for the backup job at the National Hockey League level next year. Like, as Arthur Silas is doing this and Canuck fans are rallying around him, and I'm sure Canuck's management is watching, like, I, I hope that Spencer Martin is somewhere doing like Rocky Balboa style workouts, like running up the stairs and training. He's and, in Siberia right now. Like, well, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, damn, my, my competitor here, he's my teammate, but he's my competitor. And look what he's doing. He's putting his best foot forward, like working the, you know, the slabs of beef in the slaughterhouse and the just punching bit. trees just straight up. Exactly. You, you know what? I think we talked about it during the, the postseason for the Abbotsford Canucks, but like, I think there's upper management in, involved in that. Like, I think they would like to see Spencer Martin, you know, get that action, get that opportunity, because I think that they want him to be their backup goalie next year. And I think they would like probably prefer to have Seelofs be have another year in Abbotsford and just be the guy, like be the number one guy, because what is it after next year in terms of Thatcher Demko? I don't have cap friendly open right now, but it, it was a couple more years left on that contract. Demko's got so three. Demko's got three. Three. Right so now. next year, so after next year, it'll be two, right? So then at that point, yeah, yeah like you're, yeah, see, my math is good. Uh, <laughs> we, got, uh, so, we got one on a good day. <laughs> exactly. Holy. <laughs> Just don't get me to tell dates of when something's coming up. Uh, but again, like I said, like maybe then that at that point, you know, one more year in the A and the way Abbotsford is, like they're they're probably going to be a playoff team next year. You know, have them be that number one guy and just see what you got. Cause I don't think they quite know what they got with Spencer Martin. And honestly, I don't think we quite know either because the circumstances that he was put into last year were not favorable for him at all. And he did, he wasn't able to, to work it out. Right. But at the same time, do you think he's done in terms of, you know, being having the uh, ability to be an NHL backup? I don't uh, like, you know, if the Canucks, play with the Rick Tockett structure. Yeah. 
Um, because they're you know, loose Philip, in front of Philip a Ronix here. If yeah. OEL comes back and there's something there, like yeah. you know, like if they have a better defense in front of them, uh, is it possible that he could give you something closer to what he did the previous season when he got in those six games and earned himself uh, a two year contract? Like, I don't want to shut the door on the guy. Like, yeah, he was thrust into a tough spot as an NHL starter and he wasn't up to the challenge, but he was behind a brutal defense and terrible penalty kill. And, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm of bad circumstances. He didn't rise up and become the hero, but neither did Colin Delia. Uh, you know, I think you saw what happened with AHL goaltending behind that Vancouver Canuck defense. And so, um, you know, obviously it's a big off season for Spencer Martin, however he trains. Uh, he's got to be prepared to come to training camp and, and basically fight for his NHL life. But I'm not ruling it out that uh, he starts here. He's under contract uh, for one more year. And you know, generally, teams don't park guys with you know close to a million bucks in NHL money down in the minors. It's just like, well, they can't give the guy it either. Yeah. yeah, you've given him a contract for a reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's see where it goes. But... Uh, uh, you know, I would think that uh, he has to be motivated. He's, uh, well, part of him's got to be excited for Silovs and what he's doing, but I would also think that should serve as pretty good motivation for Spencer Martin, uh, wherever, whichever backwoods he's in right now in this hideout training. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe he doesn't have uh, cable where he is. It, exactly. Uh, yeah. Or yeah, just up in like Siberia or something like that, running through snow. Is it still there snow up go. there? Yeah. Uh, Canada beats Finland four to one and they advance to the semifinals. As mentioned, they'll face off against Latvia now. Uh, again, Canada, it, it, they're an interesting team. It's also an interesting tournament. Like there are rumors that the, the players like to have fun at this tournament, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes when you see a gaffe from a team in the preliminary, preliminary round uh you kind of wonder perhaps maybe were they getting a little loose the night before or something like that but canada seems to have got it dialed together now a good win over finland in the 4-1 uh, victory i watched the entire game really i didn't think that canada uh was in, in any danger throughout the game um but again like now their next opponent is going to be a latvian team that really has nothing to lose and is playing like they're this is their stanley cup yeah i mean that's a, it's a good win for canada to go into finland and again latvians had the home ice advantage finland had the home ice advantage in this game uh, that's a crushing loss for them i mean the Finns were the defending champs at this tournament and i thought i think i'm sure they figured hey you know we know that the semis and the gold medal game are on our ice like this is our tournament and canada went in and you know, got out in front. It was 3 nothing uh, in the third, and then uh, the Finns scored late to make it a 3-1 game, and then uh, Tyler Toffoli seals the deal into an empty net, so there's a little bit of a Canuck connection. Tyler Myers, he took his penalty early, yep. got it out of the Saw way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, otherwise, a uh, pretty quiet night uh, for both Myers and Ethan Bear, but look, they're through to the semifinal now, and uh, great experience. So they're going to see Arthur Silovs in the next round, and uh, we'll see how that one goes. And then, you know... It's kind of funny, and I guess I'm eating a little bit of humble pie here, just because at the outset, you and I dumped a little bit on the roster composition of Team USA, and all they've done is win yeah. eight straight now. No. Uh, they took care of Czechia and a shutout. Casey DeSmith gets the shutout there. Nothing doing for Connor Garland, but he's a part of that team. He's wearing a letter, and they're going to benefit because the Germans pulled off one of the big upsets uh, knocking off Switzerland, and Switzerland had that great preliminary round. So the Swiss lost to Latvia, and I don't know if they never really recovered, whatever the case. But uh, So Team USA will face Germany now uh, on that other side, and that seems like 
Uh, a likely win for the Americans, but hey, I don't want to undersell the Germans. They take care of Switzerland, and they're through here to the Final Four at the very least. So let's see how things go down. But still, you know, pretty good chance that it could be a U.S.-Canada showdown for the yeah. gold medal on the weekend. But you still, you got to like who's who's involved here in the Final Four, though, right? Latvia, Germany, you got Sweden, Finland, Czechia all out, right? You know, who are, you know, powerhouses at least over the years. Uh, when it comes to international hockey. So you like to see the game growing like that. And the fact that Latvia and Germany uh, were able to get themselves into the uh, semifinals and no Leon Dreisaitl for Germany as well, right? Although, was it too late for him to join the team? I don't know if it was by the time they got bounced. No, he could have, but I yeah. think long season yeah. and the frustration and the disappointment for, uh, I mean, teams that get through to the second round, like Willie Nylander was thinking about joining Sweden. There was That's there right. was yeah. time. That's right. uh, but, I, you know, in a lot of ways, like, this is a good news story for German hockey. Um, and really, like when you think about it, Germany feels like it should just be t- scratching the surface in terms of producing elite level hockey players. Obviously, Leon Dreisaitl and Tim Stutzel at the top of the list. Moritz Seider is on defense uh, for this German team. So he's playing here. But it's a country of 85 million. And I know that hockey's not the sport, but just based on the numbers there, you think like with that kind of population, that, you know, to see this group of Germans, to see Stutzel doing what he's doing, and obviously Leon Dreisaitl uh, established as one of the best players in the world, like hopefully this is sort of, you know, the start of bigger and better things for Germany. Because I just think it just feels like a country that should be a little bit more prominent on the world hockey scene. Yeah. And the DEL is a good league as well, as we've uh, we've seen in great fans in that league as well. So, yeah, Saturday, right? I got this right. Saturday, we have the semifinals. Saturday morning, Pacific time, early. Yeah, I mean, they'll back-to-back semifinals. And then the championship game, I think, is like 10 o'clock on Sunday. So, uh, is that yeah, 4.20 I mean, in the morning? Is that what that is? And that's what I'm looking first, at for Canada? The first of the two games? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I haven't oh uh, looked that far advanced, but... Oh, it's the weekend. Maybe I'll still be up. There you go. You get to that point, it's a question of staying up or getting up, right? When the It's funner if you stay up. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the Dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Reminding you once again that you can always send your Ask JPAC questions into us into the GoGoat Sports inbox at 778-402-9680 or on Twitter at Rinkwide Van. And that's where we're headed today, JPAT. As Jack wants to know, has Archer Seeloff's recent play built his currency enough for a decent sweetener in a trade or a trade for a draft pick? 
Do you want to trade Archer Seelos? We're running him out of town? Come on. (laughs) Let's see how this story at the world's end before we even go there. But I do wonder, like, you know, uh, there are GMs that are over there. There are certainly this tournament is scouted. And teams now are, you know, they're doing their best to unearth players that can play from any country in the world. And so it would make sense that the scouts are watching the tournament pretty closely. Uh, Again, like the way this Latvian team plays, it feels to me like there are some guys uh, that maybe deserve another opportunity. You know, that Rodrigo Abels was a Canucks draft pick way back when. Uh, He plays for Orbro in the Swedish League, which is where Jonathan Karamaki is going to play and the other Elias Pettersson as well. Uh, I'm not suggesting the Canucks are going to bring Rodrigo Abels back uh, full circle, but like that, I've watched him as I've watched Laffy. Like that guy just competes, and and you know I do wonder if there are some players that maybe do get a look at the scouts. Anyways, the the answer to the question, <laughs> you know, I wonder how many phone calls Patrick Alvine is fielding all of a sudden with other teams that maybe you know are, are wondering about the Canucks' plans with Arthur Silovs and where he slots in on the depth chart and all those types of things. Um, but I don't think the Canucks are in any hurry to peddle them. I mean, you can never have too much goaltending. And even if a guy can't play for you, uh, you know, he can develop into an asset. But I don't think we're at that point yet. Like, I, I don't think that the Canucks are going to say, hey, what a great world championship. Uh, let the auction begin on Archer Silovs. I don't think that it's going to go that way. But, hey, maybe some team somewhere steps up and blows the Canucks out of the water with an offer. Um, but, yeah, I don't, think he, I, don't, I don't think by playing this way uh, at this tournament, and this isn't a surprise. I played five games in the National Hockey League as a 21-year-old this year. The league is so heavily scouted. Teams may not have the full book on Artur Silovs, but it's not like he has come completely out of the blue. And we've seen other tournaments where Latvian goaltending has been really good. And you're like, who is this guy? Uh, Artur Silovs, obviously on the hockey radar, got drafted, signed, played in the NHL this year. People in hockey know who he is, and now a lot more do because uh, he's been terrific. Maybe some sharks are circling around the Canucks right now, trying to sniff at Thatcher Demko. Though, hey, San look Jose at Sharks? your guy. Yeah, well, perhaps they need a goaltender in San Jose. They need a lot of yes. in San Jose. Yes, but yeah, no. I mean, like, think about it, right? Like, maybe hey, you see your boy Seelos, what he's doing at the Worlds. Maybe you might want to think about moving that American guy you got again. And and if those conversations sort of come from all of this like i think you're if you're patrick alvine you got to listen to just about everything like i don't think anything is off the table at this stage i don't anticipate a trade of elias Pettersson or quinn hughes but beyond that where the canucks are in the standings and where they've got to go i think alvine has to listen to any phone call that comes his way the bc lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the calgary stampeders on saturday november 4th at bc place kickoff at 3 30 p.m looking forward to this one playoff football bc place the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them. The Dome will be rocking. Should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com. And check this out. They start at just 30 bucks, and kids 17 and under can get in for 15 So bring the noise. Fill the Dome. Rinkwide Vancouver is presented by Bodog, Canada's home for casino games and sports odds where everyone goes to play. It's time now for some playoff talk. And of course, J-Pad, as always, presented by Jason Hominick at Jason.Mortgage.
Yeah, and if you're in the market for a house, uh, don't go at it alone. We say this uh, on just about every rink wide, but make sure that you have somebody in your corner and that somebody should be Jason Hominick because he's been at this for three decades. He knows the ins and outs of the mortgage game. Uh, and <laughs> it's really not much of a game. Uh, I mean, you have to have your I's dotted and your T's crossed. And, and Jason's got the experience to help you. And he knows the products that are best for you and your family. And so whether it's a, a new purchase or a renewal, uh, he's in the business of helping rink-wide listeners save money. And who doesn't want to save money? So do yourself a favor. Get Jason Hominick on your side. Uh, reach out to him. Jason.mortgage is the website. And all the contact info is contained within. Yeah, Julian saving as well through Jason uh, Hominick says here, I heard Jason on Rinkwide Van. My family and I just renewed ourselves. Jason helped us out so much. Highly recommended. And that's a subtweet from Ricky, who is a Cigars and Price listener, who said that they uh, found Jason through their, them as well. So, yeah, check out Jason Hominick if you're looking to renew your mortgage, if you're looking for a mortgage, perhaps if you just want to talk about your mortgage, right? And then you yeah, talk about no, hockey. I mean, with he's him. there. He's uh, he's happy to answer questions. He loves to talk hockey. We always say that's the icebreaker. Uh, you can talk about the playoffs or the Canucks offseason and then get down to, to business. But I love the referrals and the testimonials and all that kind of so like, cool. That's how it's supposed to work. And so uh, if you don't want to take our word, take the word of people that have made that phone call. Again, Jason Don Mortgage. All right. Playoff talk now. Let's dive into it as we have a winner. The Eastern Conference winner is the Florida Panthers after a 4-3 win. They sweep the Canes, J-Pat, Matt Kachuk, just doing ridiculous things. His third winner of the series. Didn't have to go to overtime for this one, although, what, was it four seconds, something like that? Yeah. Uh, left in the game, Kachuk seals it for the Panthers. One of the things I loved about what the Panthers did, they touched the trophy. They truck. They, yes. they touched the Prince of Wales trophy. Honestly, J-Pat, that has always been a pet peeve of mine. You just won the Eastern Conference. Like, celebrate that. Look at baseball teams after winning in the first round, and they're champagning themselves. Like, just celebrate it. You won the East. It is such a slog just to get to there. Celebrate it. Love that the Panthers did that. But, boy, what a series for Matt Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky. Hey, listen, who do you think is the Conn Smythe? Out of the for Florida, who would you pick out of those two right now? Because it'd be kind of tough. Yeah, I mean, Bobrovsky has been the backbone, but how do you look past a guy that just continues, yes. continues to rise up? Like I joked on Twitter that he's Mariano Rivera. Like he's just he's a closer. Like they bring him out of the bullpen. <laughs> he can have like that super long overtime game. He did nothing. And then, oh yeah, look who wins it. It's Matthew Kachuk. And so it's like he's in the bullpen, you know, and they tap with the plays and out yeah, he comes. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, good for Roberto Luongo. He's been here before, four wins away from a Stanley Cup. That's kind of a cool storyline to to follow as well. Zach Dalpy, the former Canuck, didn't play last night, but he's played a few games in the playoffs, but uh, ultimate sort of survivor in professional hockey at the age of 33, and he's on that Panther roster as well. And then there's Vancouver guys like Sam Reinhart, uh, obviously, uh, is in that lineup and a uh, guy that, uh, you know, honed his craft uh, in the hills of West Vancouver. So there are some local connections to uh, to the Florida Panthers. It, it, it's really incredible. I mean, people have been pointing out, like, they needed help on the last weekend of the season just to get into the playoffs. They were down 3-1 to to the Boston Bruins, and everybody had written them off. They were down to the Boston Bruins in the final minute of Game 7 and came back and tied it and then won that one. And since then, they've lost once. They're 11-1 and in their last 12 playoff games. Like, it's just... It defies logic and explanation, but you watch them and like they're relentless and they just keep coming at you. And that hit last night, that Sam Bennett hit 
on Jacob Slavin. Like, it was clean. It was absolutely brutal, but, like, brutal just in the sense of how hard it was. You don't see guys get caught like that very often anymore. Like, there's an awareness. Guys' heads are usually up. And, I mean, just the way that Slavin, like, he looked like he was out cold in midair as his body was, like, hurtled towards the boards. And obviously he was in rough shape, and I hope he's okay. He's got the offseason now to recover, but my goodness. People are pointing, like, that looked like Rafi Torres. Like, it absolutely did, although Rafi, at times, predatory. Again, this one was clean. It just He caught Slavin and just airmailed him. So, uh, Sam Bennett, you know, again, another guy that's kind of found uh, another gear in his career and playing hard here in the playoffs and yeah, I mean, it looks like it'll be Vegas, but uh, they got to get past Dallas, obviously. But uh, yeah, for the Florida Panthers, uh, impressive stuff. Uh, you know, I, I know where Rod Brindamore was coming from when he talked about, like, we didn't get swept. Well, sorry, history's going to say that you did. But, you know, four one-goal games, two of them in overtime, one in the last second, uh, as close as you could get. And I love the fact that they didn't go quietly. Um uh, you know, we know how difficult it was for them to generate offense against Bobrovsky and the Panthers and in the third period. I love the tying goal, actually. Uh, they were putting on the pressure just the way they kept it down low and ultimately worked it in the front of the net. And Jesper Faust was there to to tie the hockey game. But that was sort of the story of the series was that Matthew Kachuk was the difference maker and the Panthers were able to get that goal when they needed it and Carolina couldn't. And so it's going to be another long offseason in Carolina, because that's a really, really good team. It's a well-coached team. It's a well-run team. And already these questions about, you know, do they need a game-breaker? And when you see what Kachuk did on the other side, you know, you recognize that Carolina is a well-constructed roster with a lot of really good players. And yes, they were without Andre Svechnikov, but it does sort of beg that question because we've asked this in years gone by as well. Like, you know, lots of nice pieces, but not that absolute like Ferrari at the top of the lineup. And you, you know, I think it is fair to ask, do the Carolina Hurricanes need a game breaker? You think they would flirt with the dealing Sebastian Aho? He's going into his final year here. Yeah, you know, he had a really nice regular season, 36 goals, uh, 67 teams, and he led the team in playoffs in scoring with a but it was a pretty modest total. But he should be their game breaker. Points. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that's But that's always been the right? knock on him. It's just an yeah. incredible player, um, but you know, not ever in the conversation of the best in the game. Now, there can only be a a handful uh that are in that discussion. You know, Marty Natchash led the team in scoring in the regular season at 71 points. He only has seven points in the playoffs. Like, that's the guy. Ajo had a dozen at the very least. Nakash had seven points. Like, where what about go? What about the fact uh, that they were without Spetsnikov? And that's playoff hockey, so. right? Like, teams. And that hurt. Sure, it did. Um, and, like, Spetsnikov's a tank, and he can be a beast. But, you know, he wasn't even a point-a-game guy in the regular season. So, I, I, I I'm sort of... I'm not prepared to put him in superstar category. He might get there. He's still pretty young, but you know, he's absolutely a big body that they could have used in the playoffs to get to the front of the net and create some space and all that kind of stuff. But injuries happen. And so one player, like might he have been able to swing one of those games? Yeah. But I don't know that, you know, if he's in there, I'm not saying that the, it, it you know, it's for nothing for Carolina. I don't think he's that much of a, a difference maker. Um, but it does make you wonder. And because this is a Connect podcast, like mm-hmm. I know where you're you know, going. I know where you're well, going. Well, you know, could they use a JT Miller type guy? Like mm-hmm. you, you know, 
I, I, they don't like to pay that kind of money and you know the the term obviously um well, they paid but it there to were Kaki some smoke signals and i think it I, and, well i think they they kicked tires at one point on jt miller or at least he was linked to carolina the craziest thing for me man is that and we i mean how many times did we've done this for a couple of years now I still go back to last playoffs. Like teams had an opportunity at last year's trade deadline to get JT Miller at five and a quarter. They could have had him for last year's playoffs and had him for all of this year and these playoffs as well before any new deal kicked in. I think I just think some teams missed the boat there. Like, you know, not that he's this incredible playoff performer, but he was pretty good in the bubble. He plays that style that he's not going to back down. And I do think that he could have helped a lot of teams in the postseason. And yet, for whatever reason, teams uh, elected not to go that way. Um, But, you know, I I do think that Carolina's opened itself to this question of do they need, you know, one more legitimate, like, big-time score? And um, from the outside looking in, like, you know, you can build a strong defense. They've certainly done that. Uh, I think they had adequate goaltending. They didn't lose because their goaltender, you know, didn't give them the saves they needed. But there's something missing. I mean, it's just been the same every year. And and I saw some of that I was reading today. Like, you know, they've never had a 100-point guy or maybe one Eric Stahl, but never had a 50-goal score. Like, it does feel like eventually the way that they run that organization you know, they're trying to unearth some gems, find untapped potential, but maybe it is time for them to, you know, spend a little bit more and try to find a game breaker somewhere. But as we pointed out, the Toronto Maple Leafs had a whole bunch of game breakers and they had the same problems with Sergei Bobrovsky. You mentioned his name there. I want to just go back to him for just a moment, though. But like you talk about the, you know, game breakers, regular season guys that produce. But then there's guys that produce in the playoffs. And Sam Bennett is proving to be that type of player. Like, it, it's unbelievable where he's taken his game. Like, this is a half a point player a game. You know, he's a 40-point guy, give or take, depending on the season. He's really found his home, though, in Florida. But you can't not notice him on the ice. In every single series, he is doing something to disrupt the play, create something. Like, he is a great wingman for someone like Matt and like honestly, like if you just look up and down the Vancouver Canucks roster, who's delivering that hit on, on the Vancouver Canucks? Not a single and, person. And I tend to agree. And um, you know, it's a war of attrition. It is, and like the fact that Slavin wasn't available for the rest of that game, and then Stefan Nason left the game as well. Um, and I was thinking, if it got to overtime, like they're already going to be down a couple of guys that play regular shifts and big minutes for them. Like that's tough. Um, yeah, I, 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 you're right. Like I, I just I, I don't know that there's a single Canuck that delivers that hit in that situation with that kind of force and impact. And somewhere Rick Tockett's taking notes, and not that Sam Bennett's going to be available, but you know, you need those kind of guys that are pricks to play against that aren't going to back down. Matthew Kachuk is certainly at the top of that list, and then of course he backs it up with his play and steps up in the biggest moments. You know, Sam Bennett's not getting you a ton of offense, but he is without a doubt a big, big part of what the Florida Panthers have going on right now. Yeah. And I mean, just look at that trade. What a steal for Florida to get a player like uh, Sam Bennett, still just 26 years old. It'll be 27 in June. 
Uh, the other series, of course, is the Western Conference Final. The Golden Knights can put away the Stars this evening. They're up three buzz, and the Stars are not going to have uh, Jamie Benn in the lineup. That's going to bring me to my Bodog best bet today, J-Pat. I got a parlay going on with the VGK. I think they bring out the brooms tonight. I got them on the money line. I also got them under five and a half goals. That's at plus 257. I think VGK uh, puts away Dallas tonight. And in fact, I they might even shut him out. I don't think Dallas has got anything left in the tank. And then, of course, with Ben out as well, Ottinger playing like, well, he's an ECHL goalie or something like that. I don't think it bodes well for Dallas tonight. VGK going to damp their uh, selves into the Stanley Cup final tonight. Yeah, I tend to lean that way as well. Um, not sure that Dallas has anything left, and you're right, to take their captain and their leader. Um, there was some talk about uh, Joe Pavelski might not be available as well, although I think uh, it was suggested that he'll play. Uh, but, if, you know, he might be battling through something as well. And, yeah, for whatever reason, Ottinger just doesn't look like the guy that uh, he did earlier in the playoffs. So, uh, add it all up, and it just kind of feels like uh, we are one game away from having our Stanley Cup final matchup set. And if there is a second straight sweep, that's going to move the Stanley Cup final up. I think I read that uh, May 31st would be the starting night of the Stanley Cup final if Vegas wins tonight. If uh, Dallas is able to prevail, then I think uh, you're looking at June 3rd or 4th. So there'd be a couple of extra days between these conference finals and the Stanley Cup final Unless uh, the is it the Campbell Conference Bowl, I think it is, uh, is presented to the Western Conference champs, and we'll see how it uh, all goes down tonight. Yeah, the uh, conference final predictions that we had as well. We both picked Carolina in this one. I was praising Carolina, saying that the Hurricanes were the favorites uh, for the Stanley Cup going into this. Uh, conference finals, but both of us wrong there. We both picked Vegas to win in the Western Conference final. Uh, you have Eichel as your Con Smythe favorite before the series started. I had Marcia, so I went out on a bit of a limb there. So we'll see. Oh, they both but, been uh, good. Yep. Yeah, they both been very good. And that's the thing about Vegas, though, is like Chandler Stevenson could have like this unbelievable Stanley Cup final and end up winning like a Con Smythe. You just you don't know with this team they're so deep. No, people were making an argument for William Carlson, who's yeah. Sort of- Done it at both ends of the ice as well, and it's been pretty productive. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the total team effort there from Vegas that Eichel's, you know, a little bit of star power, but really it's just everybody pulling on the rope in the same direction, and here they are, one win away from punching their ticket to another Stanley Cup final. And we're one show away from wrapping up the week, and we'll do that tomorrow, J-Pat, because this has been another edition of the Rink-Wide Vancouver Podcast presented by Bodog. For Jeff Patterson, I'm Andrew Wadden. Remember, Rink Wide is the show. We're always close. Cool.